0: I'm convinced that fear is probably the best weapon of the enemy. And, uh, and I, I don't know about you. Uh, I, I read a word that says perfect love does something to fear. Does it not? Perfect love does what to fear? I'm going to hear it. Cast what out, is perfect baby, cast love? Out. Cast out what? All. Now, you got to get that. I don't know about you. Who's, who's a, a teacher in here today? We have some teachers. We have quite a few teachers in here. Let me ask you a question. When you took math and you got your degree, what did all mean? All-inclusive meant everything, which we know any time that fear comes in our way, in our grips, then we know God says there is a perfect love. And I don't know you. I, I know a perfect love. I know a person It's called Jesus Christ who is what? Perfect in love. And so what I know is this in Jesus and found in him we say in the word that what we are in Christ which means that we are in the perfect love which means it has the power over all fear so who's afraid today anybody that's fearful anybody's facing anything i don't care if it's a report from the doctor i don't care if it's a job that may be lost and the boss says we can't need we don't need you anymore what happens as humans? Tell me if I'm not on the right path here, including myself, that what happens when you get reports of what's going to happen, you think you have fear that wants to knock at your door. Am I right? And then what do we do as people? We can allow our minds to go into that wilderness and start to convince us, well, yeah. And we, what do we do? We analyze and we say, well, this could happen. Or, well, it could be this. And Worst case, it could be this, and before we know it, we're in a scenario in our heads about a situation that looks like this, and all of a sudden, a little rain turns into a big storm, and you've got it all going on. Am I right or wrong? And then all of a sudden, we said, well, geez, why am I down this road of dismay and despair, and Lord, what? And you want to wake Jesus up in a boat. Jesus, wake up. We're going to die. Jesus is sleeping in the bow of the boat. Wake up, Jesus. We are going to perish over here. Don't you care about us? That we're going to perish? guys know the story. Now, I don't know about you. This is what messes me up. Can I just share this? This What messes me up? That's me. I'm the one waking Jesus up. And I thought it took faith. I thought it took faith to pray. And wake Jesus up. Is anybody on the same page? Because you allowed fear to come into your life You allowed that wilderness to, to well up inside you Before you know it, you're like Jesus, you need to wake up here uh, Lord, you know I'm in trouble here You've got to take care of this Because I see a big storm I see a tornado I see a hurricane And I see myself perishing Have you ever been there before? Have you been in that place before? And all of a sudden you're like Lord, I don't know what to do I thought it took faith to wake Jesus up Would you? I'd be like get on my knees. Lord, you know, (laughs) I need you right now. I need you to do something here because this storm's much bigger than what I could do. You know, we're going to perish here. I'm a fisherman, and I know this ocean, and I know when waves get like this, we're going to perish because there's enough fishermen on board to know that. And I'm sure those fishermen had influence on everybody else. Hey, I've been out here a long time, and I know when this wind comes, you know, and I know these waves are getting big, and I'm sure that person right there in the boat was saying... This ain't looking good. And the rest of them going, you're, you're right, because you know, you know the ocean, you know the waves, you know the sea. And so if you're saying this, we're in trouble. And all of them, every single one of them, all 12 of them go, we're going to die. And all of a sudden, they wake Jesus up. It's like prayer. I'm not saying prayer is wrong. Listen to me. This is the concept here. <laughs> so they wake him up. And Jesus gets up, gets out of the bow of the boat and comes up to the top and says, what does he do? He rebukes the wind, does he not? He rebukes the wind. So anybody that thinks all storms are from God, they're wrong. Jesus would never rebuke his father's work. It was a, it was a wind storm from the devil. Anybody ever felt them before? You may be facing one right now. There may be a storm in your life right now that looks bigger than you ever. You think, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? And all you found yourself doing is on your knees praying for God to do something. It doesn't sound like a bad idea. So Jesus teaches them a concept and a principle here. I want us to get this today before we start into our lesson. I want us to get this, is that Jesus says to them, after he rebukes the wind, And it calms, because without wind, there's no waves. Isn't it funny that the Holy Spirit is a symbol of wind? Come, Holy Spirit, be our wind. Let us never get caught up in the wind of the world. Let's get caught up in the wind of the Spirit. Take us, not the wind of the world. So Jesus rebukes it, and the wind dies, and the waves go away, and they're all looking going, wow, surely this is the Son of God. And he looks at them and says... Where was your faith? See, it doesn't take much faith to pray, in this case. What he's telling them is this. You had the authority, I've given it to you, that you could have looked at those waves. And did I not say before we left this beach that we were going to the other side? Read the word. It says, we are going to the other side. Jesus spoke a word of destination. Our destinies in our life. Jesus has spoken a word into every one of us. He says, I have spoken to you. This is the destiny. And anything that comes in a way of that destiny of what I've spoken is a wave of the devil. It's a wind of the world. And we have got to be able to look at it and say, you know, that's, Jesus said we're going to the other side. So this wind, we have the authority by faith in him to say, be calm. You've got to know this. I have counseled many times about this. And I am convinced. And when we speak to those waves, I'm telling you, you've got to know when it is. Now, God can send a storm in your life if you're out of his will. We know that of story Jonah, right? God will send a wind and cause a storm. What? getting back in the will of God and I've said this before if you're not in God's will there may be a storm coming your way and you're not going to be able to rebuke that wind it's there to get you back on his track onto his, aren't you you glad that Jesus loves you that much? He loves you that much to say I'm never, I'm relentless I'm coming at you and you're not in my will I'm sending a storm to get you back in Jesus knew there was a big fish but Jonah didn't You see, we have got to trust. We have got to say, Lord, I'm in your will. I know my destiny. I know who I am in you. For it's not what I have done, but it's who he is. And so when we get there, we say, Lord, I know I'm doing the right thing. I'm on that path. You've spoken this word. I'm going there. I don't care what's going on. I'm going there. And Jesus, and then the wind comes, and it tries to get you off course. You can speak to that wind proudly and say, Jesus, you've spoken your word. By faith, I can speak to this wind. I faith, I could say, be still, and those winds will disperse, disperse, and the storm will die. And you can say, thank you, Jesus, for teaching me a principle. Are you in God's will today? Please answer me, yes or no. Are you in his will? You've got to be. You've got to know who you are right now. If you've been called of God, get back on your feet. If you're a man in this place today, I say, stand up. fill in the gap. Jesus says all the time, I'm looking for someone who is faithful. I'm looking for a man who will stand in the gap. Are you ready? Isaiah says, here I am, send me. Are you ready to say it today? There's enough playing around. We need men of God to stand up and say, you know what? I have known what God spoke in my heart. I've got a dream. I've got a dream, and I've got a destiny, and I'm not letting any storm come my way. Not one, because I know, Jesus, you spoke. Has Jesus spoken to your heart today? Have you heard his voice? Please don't live life without that. You've got to know his spirit. You've got to hear his voice today. We're, we, are, we need to be a church that knows God's voice. He is our good shepherd. We are just mere, keep this in mind, we are mere sheep that will go astray without a good shepherd. That's right. That's right. And when you hear his voice, it says his sheep know his voice. <laughs> Do we know his voice? Have you heard it? And if you know his voice, he's speaking to you right now. And he speaks into you and he encourages you and he builds faith. Know his voice. Let him speak to you today. Let's give a a moment here to listen. Let's give a moment to listen. If he cannot speak to us in this environment, safe without wind, then you'll never hear it out there if you can't hear it here. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Your word says you will guide us and lead us into all truth. You say in your word that if we come to the throne of God, it's, you, you, you want us to worship in, in spirit and in truth. Truth is your word your word is what's spoken into our hearts. Your word also says when we hide the word of God in our hearts, we will not sin against our Lord and Savior. Speak to us today. Speak into us today that we know our destiny. And thank you, Lord, for the authority and power to speak to a wind That comes against that very word in our lives. That we have the authority and the power to speak it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank the men's group. Uh, It's been a powerful, it's been powerful. And uh, there was a word that was spoken Friday uh, about being his word. That's good. Be in his word. And I don't know about you. If God is speaking in you and speaking into your, inside, into your heart, you be what he said. His word is for you, right? Anyone, I just spoke to someone this morning. Someone said, well, I, I know a couple Christians and they were doing. Christian, Christ, the word Christian means to be Christ-like. It means if you see Jesus, you should see us. If you see us, you see Jesus. It said back then when the disciples did all this stuff and they were walking and, and speaking boldly, it says, they must have been with Jesus. You see, you know him by looking at his church. Be his word. And we, I tell, we, we are not to be pushed around. Church has lost its voice today. We are not to be pushed around, but I'm telling you what, as we stand firm on those things we know are right, okay, the word's very clear, it's black and white, Uh, a couple of people ask me, what denomination are you? I'm not a denomination, and we're not a denomination. I know what he's asking, but the truth is this, we are Jesus followers, plain and simple. We read it, we do it. If Jesus said it, we do it. You know, it's not about doctrinal things. You know, some of these rituals that people do are stupid. Have you ever, just do this and and be careful. Put safe search on first. Google rituals or religious rituals and you will see some of the most bizarre things. People cutting their tongues, scourging things through their faces, nailing themselves to crosses. I know someone's did that. And I'm, I'm, you don't need to do it again. That's a stupid ritual. I condemn the accuser thinking that we as men and women have to do stupid things like that. And I'll say it again, stupid, 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 stupid. Stupid is, stupid does. I know I'm not supposed to use the word stupid. It's cruel. It's stupid. I'll say it again, it's Stupid. Come on, think about it. God of love, God is love. Let's just poke ourselves. To show him he... God is love. He doesn't need a poke in your gut or a poke in your cheek, cutting your tongue, burning your hair, and all the other stupid things you do, holding snakes. Jesus is love. God is love, right? The church is love. We love one another. Here, hold my snake. Are you stupid? I'm tired. Ty- I got to stop Googling. That's all I got to do. Google rituals. I thought I'd get some good stuff. I got stupidity. That was all I got. Uh, dear Lord, help us as a church. Please, Lord, let us be in the image of Jesus. When people need to know Jesus, why are people so upset with the church today? They shouldn't know us by what we stand for. They should know us by the love for one another. Right? Oh, you hate homosexuals, and you're all against abortion, and, you know, and all that stuff. And, and all we are is an organization with a lot of don'ts. If you love Jesus, the Bible says this very clearly, if you love him, you will obey him. It's all plain and simple. Can I ask a question? Can people belong to this church without believing? Can people come in the door and actually feel like they belong to a family before they really know who Jesus is? Is our family big enough? Is our arms spread wide enough? Has Jesus done enough on the cross that any person can come in this church and actually feel like they're loved and not judged? See, when someone comes in here that's full of sin, we all have been there, and some of us are still in that battle a lot. If someone comes in this church right now, the first thing they're thinking is they're going to judge me. That's the very first thing. You know, most of the people that say when I invite them, well, you know, I, I'm still, and I, I they think they're going to be judged. And if anybody in here, listen to me, if anybody here wants to judge, you shall be judged by the king. And I don't know about you, I wouldn't want to face that judgment. And he talks about measure. So let's just do this. Let's just get it straight. And let the whole world know. We should open these doors and windows and say, you know what? Everybody's invited. And if you found anybody in here that is judging you, tell me. And we'll have a little talk with the Holy Spirit. Because we are not about judging people. The Bible says one thing. If you want to find judgment in your heart, you better be doing just one thing. And that's judge the fruit. But before you start to judge another, take, take the plank out of your own eye before you can actually be able to see the speck in someone else's. You know, I don't know about that. That kind of stuff messes me up. And when someone comes to me and they say, you know what, this church is doing this, and this is accepting this, and these Christians over here are saying it's okay to do this, I said, there better be some love in there. We are not here to divide the church. If you want to divide the church by complaining, you are what the Bible calls a wolf in sheep's clothing. Just take off your clothing because it's doing you no good. You are a wolf. Those are tough words. But I know we got to just, we need to stand up as a church. We need to do some things. And so a lot, I think I just actually said a lot of what I was going to say anyway. But we need the word of God. And so let's do that today. First thing I want to do is this. And, and, and I want, there's people to come to me all the time and say, What can I get involved in local missions? I found a perfect fit for you. If you want to be part of some incredible local missions, there is a team that's called Now Youngstown that is part of Heartreach Ministries, a part of the police force. It's they're doing some great things. It's called Now Youngstown. You matter of fact, when they see a murder or they see something happen in the neighborhood, they give this organization a call. The chief of police and the mayor of Youngstown call this and say, Can you do us a favor? And do an outreach in this community. You know right now they have found statistically this. If they do an outreach in that community, it does not have the same crime anymore. When Jesus comes into us, you got to, let me tell you, you got to know some more about yourself here. Who's a believer in here today? Let me see your hand. And if you're on your way, it's okay. It's okay because you may not be at that place yet. Are you a strong believer today? Are you a strong believer today? Okay, what the Bible says is this. When you walk, there is a peace on your, it's a piece of readiness. It's a piece of the gospel on your feet. That means when you go into a place, you change the place. That means you are the changer. <laughs> You're Jesus. And I don't know about you, but when Jesus stepped into a place, it changed. And so you got to know something. The Bible says this, that these right here, the shoes, the shoes you look down at right here, it's called the readiness of the gospel. It's the piece of the gospel that's on your feet. And as you walk, you walk with that authority of peace. Peace is not the absence of chaos. Peace is... Peace is this. It's a weapon of the Lord. It doesn't matter what you see. Peace is what calmed the sea, right? Jesus said, be calm. It's because he is the prince of peace. He says, peace I give you, peace I leave you. You are carrying God's peace. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this. As you walk into a house, it says, when you walk into a house, he says, if they receive the message that you bring, if you go into a place and they receive the message, it says the peace of God will settle there. Isn't that good news? You bring the peace of the gospel with you. That means when we go there, peace goes with us. And if there's an enemy, I don't know about you, behind every murder is an enemy. Behind every murder, there is a devil. And so I know this much. When you go there, the peace of the gospel, see, the authority goes there. And the devil can't do what he planned on doing. There was a YouTube. Anybody ever seen that before? This, gets, this ew, it gets me stirred up. Did you see this stirring me up in me? I love this because here's what happens. YouTube. And now I'm not saying YouTube can be really wicked. So be very, very careful. This is, this came, my wife was telling me this. There's this woman. And she was, she was working at this, this gas station attendant place. You know, food and things, wasn't it? Like a food place, a convenience store or something like that. And, and, and if, I, if I don't have it right, honey, you make sure I get details right. Just a store, store, and she was working. She was a believer. And a a, a man came in, and he had an agenda. And and, and, and he thought he was going to do something that he was carrying. He was carrying the devil with him. See, he was under that impression, and he was going to do something. And the woman, he pulled pulled out a weapon. Was it a gun? Pulled out a gun, and he was going to do some business. Not about you. Most of us go, oh, duck, right, or something, or hit a panic switch, or oh, whatever you're going to do. She got angry in the Lord. And she started to rebuke him. Now, you've got to know something. Gun, mouth. Now, the world would say, you're stupid. But we know the power of the mouth and the power of the word. She started to rebuke him in Jesus' name. And he was, he got scared and he ran. Didn't do what he was planning on doing. So I know about you, Learn learned this thing here. If you're ever in a place where things get a little rough, I've got a feeling this is when you speak out in the power and authority of Christ Jesus, you're going to see something happen. I believe it's power in the Word of God. And I know if we go there and we speak God's Word, you write those down, those dates. See if there's any of those dates that work for you. They do this every week, and they go to these different places. And they do these ministries that, that reach people all around. So you want to be in missions, local missions, that's what you want to be part of this summer. It's going on all the time. And they're looking for helpers. They have kids games. They have all kinds. If you guys need a little schedule, uh, you you can take a picture of that if you want to. If you want, and you're really serious about this, um, come and see me or come see my wife, myself, or, you know, or Courtney, because there's a lot of children involved, Pastor Courtney. Uh, Just make sure you touch base with us because we want you involved. And this is ministry. You don't have to go on a missions trip to get ministry. You can get it right here, right now. And be his word everywhere you go. I have to say, this really messed me up. I got this picture a couple weeks back. And uh, we got some work to do, guys. And I do this not, not to scare anybody in this place. I want us to always be aware of world issues. ISIS is an issue all over the world. If you do not know about it... You should start to pray about it. God will then show you the need. There is a need all over this world where ISIS think they can come in and play what they call the fear game. Fears of what? What does perfect love do? So, who has more authority? I will tell you the end of the story this. If you ever read the Quran, I would first of all be a believer first true believer but here's a scripture from the quran and people have to know this is that this is what radical islamic terrorists read says this when the sacred months have passed, kill the polytheists do you know what a polytheist is pala means many theist means god many gods what a christian does if, Christ, if Christian believes in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how many is that? That makes you what? It says here, kill polytheists wherever you find them and capture them and besiege them and lie and wait for them at every ambush. But if they repent and perform the prayers... Islamic prayers, it says this, and pay the alms, then let them go their way. Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. Quran 9-5. That baby did lose its life. They shot it. Not before they took both parents in front of the father, took the wife and the child, and I won't tell you what they did with the wife, and then killed him. This is the enemy. Plain and simple. I'm shown in this today to wake up those who have been sitting, those who are laying, the Bible says, arise and shine. Be the word today. It's enough to say, I hurt do you really? As a father who has children, I see little Brian today. Uh, Do everybody see, everybody see little Brian today? See, little Brian was wanting to be in daddy's arms. Isn't that a good place safe to be? Because <laughs> you're safe. When little ones grow up, it might be not so cool when they're teenagers not so cool and late and be in daddy's arms. I anymore. Mean, I know, understand that, you know, but... Isn't it wonderful when kids like to crawl up in your arms? Like when Father in Heaven loves it when you want to crawl up in His arms. You, want to, you set some time outside and you crawl in His arms and say, Jesus, it's just, Father, it's just so good to be in Your arms. A father watched his child get murdered. All in the name of Jesus. This was a believer. Christian. Is that sobering today? Last week we talked about Isaiah 58. I want to go very quickly through this. I actually had a lot of people talk to me about this. And I hope I get to the the point of the value today before we lose track of time. And it's going already so quickly. Um, Last week... I want you to know this. The Sabbath was of the Old Testament. Sabbath was a very sacred day. Keep the Sabbath holy. Everyone in the Old Testament had to view and honor that day, right? Even when the manna was given on the Sabbath, you don't even pick up bread. Right? The sacred bread. We know that's very important. Today, I want to say this. The Sabbath, it's not that the Sabbath in Jewish minds and hearts and tradition is not of great value. But Jesus said these words. He says... I, Jesus Christ, am Lord of the Sabbath. So when Jesus came and died on the cross, the, the value what they put into the day and the over the period of time before Jesus came, they valued that day so much. They started to make rules and regulations to the day. It made everything that you, if you didn't do this, and, and then Jesus came and he messed everything up. And so what you find now is that there would be these religious men and women, the Sadducees, and, and they'd always be watching. they always look for areas to fight. They always wanted to fight, didn't they? I want to fight, so I'm going to look. Jesus, you know your disciples are picking grain in the, in the fields. It's on the Sabbath, you know. Jesus, you cannot heal that person on a Sabbath day, right? Because you can't work. And Jesus set it straight. You are messed up in the Sabbath. Sabbath was not brought to this earth So man would have to follow it. The Sabbath wasn't that way. It wasn't that we had to follow some kind of ritual. You see, there's too many rituals going on. The reason why we have a a, a death threat with with radical Islam is because there's rituals. There's there's not a relationship with the loving God because God is what? Love. And so what I have to say is this, is that the Sabbath got all mixed up. And so when we read Isaiah 58, it told of the Old Testament and how they honored. It says, if you find yourself delight in the Lord... That's important, but before you can delight in the Lord, you have to delight in the Sabbath day. And when you delight on the Sabbath day, the delight of the Lord will come. And we know that. It's a delight in the Lord. It will give you the desires of your heart, the word says, right? So we have a principle, and then we have a promise. Promises delight yourself in the Lord, and you receive the desires of your heart. So I'm going to go on. You guys, if you didn't get that from last week, I'll get it online. But what I want to do today is get really to the crust of what I want to say and so I'm going to go a little further here instead of reviewing too much. I want to go right into what I want to talk about. And, uh, and it's really about rituals and religion. Ephesians 2.15 uh, 2 says this. Jesus brought an end to the commandments and demands found in what? Moses' teaching. So that he could take Jewish and non Jewish people and create one humanity, one group in himself, in Christ Jesus, so he can make peace. so there was a problem back then: Jewish people were being saved, and Gentiles were being saved non jewish people and what Jews would do is this i 'm saved in Jesus Christ. you Gentiles have to follow the same thing right and there was a problem Jew- Gentiles had no clue of all those things; it was just rules and rituals and and said do we have to do all of these things and jesus said this he made sure that we knew today jesus brought an end to the commandments and demands found in moses teaching should you lie should you commit murder should you have adultery should you have any other gods before him see the ten commandments you're thinking well that means ten commandments do they can go away right isn't that what he says right here no he says this jesus fulfilled the law which he says now, he says, the two greatest commandments are what? Take the ten. Good standards. In those ten standards, you're going to find you're a sinner. Right? Every one of those will be broken. And he says, no, let's do this. Let's bring Jesus. He'll fulfill the law. And guess what he does for us? He says, what did he say? Love your Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind. And as with that love, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now love comes into the picture. Rituals can fight against love. Religion can fight against God's love. And so he says, I want to get rid of all this. Let's get back on track. I, Jesus, am Lord of the Sabbath. Let's get that straight. And so Sabbath behind, rules and rituals behind. Let's get ahead. Now, I don't know about you. I look at this. Okay, what's the difference between rituals and reality? What is the difference between rituals? All these things that we do, sometimes churches are still doing a lot of rituals getting them nowhere, and what is reality? Jesus wants to say, this is a new reality. I bring a new reality to all of us as a church. Reality is the most important thing, not rituals, right? So i got a couple of things. Let's play on some words. What's the difference between restrictions and convictions? The Holy Spirit brings convictions. The world brings restrictions. So there's a big difference here. What's the difference between emotions and devotions? Oh, emotions can get in trouble the world works with emotions the devil works with emotions God wants a devotional heart he wants all of you he wants devotions to him you make him first seek first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness you see him first it's not about your feelings that's the difference between worship and lordship what's the difference between worship I can see a lot of people worshiping out there but lordship is completely different lordship is calling him lord savior lord of all that's the kind of worship he wants offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing unto him that's your spiritual act of worship what unto him lordship right not worship i like to worship well that's great is he lord lord is a sacrifice right that's more important to me now how do i how do i be real Question today, how do we do this? How do we real? Let's go into Colossians real quickly here. 2.16 through 19. Rituals are reality. It says, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink. I'm a vegan. You're a meat eater. And you think we have conflict? No, we have no conflict. The Bible says it straight. You do whatever you want. Your convictions are not my convictions. Mine isn't yours. Get over it. Right? So what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you eat. Get on with yourself. People want to fight that all the time. I'm not fighting. I'm just eating. For not celebrating certain holy days. Or new moon ceremonies. Or Sabbaths. What kind of Sabbaths they had. Not just Saturdays. They had other Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of what the reality yet to come and christ himself is that reality don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial oh i saw a lot of that google rituals online (laughs) pious Nail yourself to a cross are you kidding me pious self-denial Even fasting, Matthew 6, can be that. Pious self-denial or the worship of angels saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. Can you say this? I am sacrificing for my God. I'm going to nail myself to a cross. And God calls that pride. And they think they're sacrificing I'm going to humble myself and do a ritual. God says, that's pride. It's just the opposite of what they think is happening. I saw men slapping their backs, causing blood to pour out of their backs. Sorry if there's young kids here. Smacking it. Oh, look at me, self-pious. I'm a pious self, all the afflictions I'm doing for my God. Look at me. And God says, pride. I don't like pride. Matter of fact, he talks a lot about pride, doesn't he? So it says, don't let anyone condemn you for insisting on pious self-denial or worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. So let's just go past this. The church today should be an example of who Jesus is. They see Jesus. They see the church. The church, they see Jesus Love God is love. Let's do this thing together. Let's put other things else. Dom, you got some. You want to eat meat? So what? Go ahead. Matter of fact, Gentiles ate some meat, and they didn't do it all good. They didn't slice it just right. They didn't drain the blood. And, and all those Jewish people are going, "Oh, you can't eat that. That's of the devil." You know. And they just had these big wars back and forth. And they are going, "No, what circumcision? You got You got to do this." And why do we have to do this? And Jesus said, "Now listen." I've done away with the teaching of Moses. Listen to me. Done away with that. Reality. Who's reality? Christ alone is reality. Rituals, forget it. Reality, Jesus. Jesus is it. I love it. Saudi says it's so easy. It's all about loving Jesus. Saudi, where are you at? Where's my buddy? You see someone here? Popping around. He says it very clearly. Love the Jesus. Now he puts the in there. It's okay. Love the Jesus. Love the Jesus. That's it. It's very simple. Then we can get this thing straight. I've got lots more, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring an end to this. We get some music here. I, I, I want, before, I, I, I'm trying to get back to Matthew 6. I've been trying to do that for a while. I can't get back to fasting. I can't get back to fasting. The Lord is, just not taking me back to fasting. Who's fasted in here? Let me see your hands. Those who have fasted. And the Lord has done some amazing things. He has to call you to it. But we'll go back. Eventually, I think we'll go back to Matthew 6. Um, One thing I want to make sure we get today is this. Enough of doing the rituals. Enough with this pious self-denial. If we do this thing, the love of Jesus, you love God with all heart, soul, mind, and you love others, as yourself or love your neighbor as yourself? We're going to do this then. very clear. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that there's a, there's a plan for your church. And uh, Lord, you even said in your word that you will that the world would know us by our love to be your disciples. Your word says very clearly that if we are disciples of Jesus Christ, people outside the body of Christ will know that we are Of Jesus because the way we love one another and they would look out of the process surely this body of believers have been with Jesus because the way they love one another father thank you for sending Jesus because the example we set in 33 years of his ministry here has changed everything thank you Lord we can put down the rituals and this Lord this pious self-denials and all these things that others will find themselves doing as silliness, it's truly just coming in the reality of who Jesus really is. You are the King, the Lord. We make you Lord of our lives, and you show us by your love who we're meant to be. Thank you, Lord, for this day. You're an amazing God. In Jesus' name.